You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the story that's becoming impossible to avoid. You might have noticed it at the checkout in the supermarket, or when you're adding up your monthly bills, or just trying to make sense of your bank balance. While everyone was busy worrying about COVID, the cost of living snuck up and hijacked the news agenda. Rising food costs, higher energy bills, record petrol prices, increasing inflation and an end to furlough, and the universal credit uplift. The hike in prices means that up to a third of households are afraid they won't be able to pay their energy bills this year, according to a recent survey. And the situation is about to get worse. Come April, most households across the country will be hit by higher taxes and rising costs. For some households around the country, they are going to find things are going to get very tough quite quickly. So there's going to be very, very real struggles. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the cost of living crisis. Why is everything suddenly so expensive? Energy costs are rising like never before as wholesale prices soar. Families on low incomes facing a perfect storm of higher energy costs, rising prices and cuts to universal credit. People are going to really feel the pinch in the next few months. We really are entering into a bit of a cost of living crisis here in the UK. Our food bill has gone up ridiculous amounts and the amount we've got coming in doesn't justify what we've got going out by any stretch of the imagination. The shortfall just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. That's Emma a mother of three from Kent. I've got a seven-year-old, a three-year-old and a four-year-old. I mean, it was getting to a ridiculous point where we couldn't cover the bills, let alone do a food shop. And we're still at a point where, I mean, on average, I do a food shop once every five, six weeks. We'll hear more from Emma later. But why are households facing such a squeeze in April? Well, for the answer and for some advice on what to do about it, Meet my colleague. James Coney, and I'm the money editor of The Times and The Sunday Times. James, we're hearing a lot of talk and a lot of fear, really, about a cost of living crisis, almost sort of a financial apocalypse that we're expecting to hit come April. Talk us through what exactly is going to happen in April. What are the factors that are converging to make it such a difficult period? 
April is always a really interesting month because it's the kind of start of a new tax year. And this year, there's going to be several things that are going to converge at once. So to start with, we've got new taxes. We've got a 1.25% levy, which has been introduced by the government to pay for social care and the NHS. That's coming in. When you get your paycheck, you're going to feel a bit poorer because that's going to come out. The second thing is the government have done something very sneaky, which is to freeze your tax allowances. Now, that's a very clever move because what it means is that any kind of pay rise you might get, and people are getting pay rises, will drag you into a higher level of paying tax. So you might have only been paying 20p and all of a sudden you'll end up paying 40p had the bracket not gone up. It's quite complicated, but in essence, it's the same thing. It means you're going to feel poorer. And it's interesting because, I mean, there's been real controversy around that. They think it'll affect more than a million people. And some Tory MPs are now saying that it could cost them the next election. It's caused quite a lot of conflict between the Treasury and the Prime Minister's office about whether or not we should be raising taxes. And 1.25% is quite a lot. And freezing taxes is going to affect millions of people over a period of time. If you're in the very poorest households, you're either going to suddenly start paying 20% tax or you're going to start paying 40% tax or in the worst cases, you're going to pay 40 to 45p tax. Mm. And that's why it's so kind of sneaky. So it might sound niche but and technical, but actually that will have a real impact on people's lives. What else will happen in April at the same time as they're getting slightly less in their pay packet? Also in April, we have a new cap coming in on energy prices. Now, the cap was brought in to protect households from rising energy costs. Sounds like a good thing, and it is, because what's been happening recently is that cost of wholesale energy has gone up hugely. Now, the cap works because what it's done so far is protected us. The flip side is that actually what happens is the cap gets renewed every six months. And so we've got a current cap and it's about to change again. Now, we can't have it stay at its current level because energy supplies will go bust. And we've already seen almost 30 energy supplies go bust already because they can't afford to keep paying for cheap tariffs. The average household bill is going to go up to something probably more than £2,000 from where it was at about £1,500 just a few months ago. And that's going to come in in April as well. And that's we're going to really feel it. Let's hope we don't have a cold April and May, because otherwise those bills are going to be really severe for people. And at the same time, so that's you've got a, a tax rise, you've got extra high energy bills. So you're, you're, that's already money coming out of your, your income. On top of that, prices across the board seem to be rising. Yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, most of us probably noticed when we went that shopping at Christmas that probably that Christmas shop that we did this year was just a little bit more expensive than last year. You don't notice it. I mean, Kantar, who are a market research company, estimate that we probably spent £15 more on our Christmas shopping this year for Christmas dinner than we did last year. It doesn't sound like a lot. You may not notice it, but that's just the start of it. Now, there's a big argument. Is this Brexit? Is this to do with the supply problems that we've had to do with the pandemic, which have stopped us getting um, stuff shipped around the world? It's a bit of both. It's very complicated. But what it really means is that as time goes on, more of these prices are going to go up. And that's just going to leave you feeling poorer in the pocket already, even without Mm. the awful April, as we're all calling it, that we're going to have. We're all just going to feel a little bit poorer because our shopping's going to get a bit more expensive. It's not just households who are suffering from rising costs. They're hitting businesses too. I'm Jill Trino. I'm the city editor of the Sunday Times. Jill's been speaking to companies who are feeling the squeeze and who are having to push up prices to make up for it. 
It's a really, really, really complicated picture, right? What gives you a price? It's supply and demand, right, at its most basic level. I've had conversations with a business who were telling me about the fact that supplies that used to come in in days now take 16 weeks. And one was telling me about a supplier in Taiwan who he used to buy a component part for 40 cents. And it's now jumped in cost to $40. That's about 30 pounds. I mean, that's like a sort of, I mean, it's a little part, right? But it just sort of illustrates what's going on. And I suppose what this shows you is that for businesses, this is all about they're having to absorb a lot of extra cost. And the key for them is, Mm. can they pass it on to the consumer? Can they pass it down further into the supply chain? And that must be really hard because if consumers already don't have very much money, they won't be able to buy as many goods anyway. The British Chambers of Commerce has just published a survey of 5,000 firms and it found that inflation was their main concern. And I I think I'll just cheat actually and use the BCC's words because this is the argument they've put forward about why it matters. And they're saying rising inflation, these are their words I stress, rising inflation is likely to limit the UK's growth prospects this year by eroding consumer spending power and squeezing firms' profit margins and their ability to invest. I mean, as the British Chambers of Commerce put it, clearly they will be, businesses will be concerned that consumer spending power will be reduced if they're having to spend more of their income on necessities like heating rather than going out and spending on other items They'll also be concerned about how much inflation they're feeling in their supply chain that they can in turn pass on to consumers. So it will put a squeeze uh, on business precisely at a time when they're also facing higher tax bills from the government and also, in some instances, still trying to repay some of the debt that they took on to get through the pandemic in the first place. Now, Jill, I, I, growing up, you know, for me, every news bulletin tended to have a, a story about inflation. It was, you know, it was the thing everybody watched to, to judge how a government was doing, how the economy was doing. For a lot of people, though, now in their 20s, it has, it's been so far off the agenda that, you know, they, they probably won't even know why, why it's so important. So just talk us through, you know, how have things got so bad? And, you know, what is, what is inflation? Why is it so problematic? So there are some pressures in the economy that are related to supply. And actually, in some instances, people will tell you, are probably related to COVID in that we import a lot of goods. There are supply problems in China because of the issues relating to how you get products across the oceans when there are containers in the wrong place, when some Chinese ports perhaps aren't operating the way they might do. So that has put pressures on supply. And at the same time, people are saying there's been quite a explosion in demand for some products, the economy's reopened as COVID restrictions eased. So there are kind of two things weighing here on the economy and I'm I'm pushing up inflation. And of course, part of the debate that's raging is about whether or not inflation is transitory, i.e. really it's the COVID pressures that are pushing up inflation rather than kind of any long-term pressure on the economy. And, And that's sort of where the debate is going to be hinging in this whole debate about inflation. That's really interesting. So we think this this might just be a passing um, moment of readjustment because of COVID rather than something more fundamental. It's certainly a debate that's going on. And that's clearly what policymakers at the Bank of England and also in other parts of the world, in fact, are considering. And I mean, let's be clear, this is not just a sort of British domestic problem. Inflation in the US, for instance, according to data last month, 
was 6.8% in the 12 months to November, and that's the highest level since 1982. So there's a big debate raging everywhere about this sort of inflation genie that's kind of sprung out of the bottle and perhaps surprise people about the debate that we're having about inflation in the way that 12 months ago everybody was worried about unemployment. Now people are talking about inflation. And again, sort of similar, you know, because of COVID, is there also sort of an influence of, you know, over during the, the pandemic, we've known that the government has subsidised certain things. They've they've cut VAT, for example, on lots of goods. And now that's suddenly coming to an end. Is that also pushing up prices? It's certainly true that there have been a lot of unusual factors that have taken place while we've been in the, the pandemic and sort of government policy measures have had an impact. So the government kept the demand side of the economy flowing by putting in furlough, making trying to make people didn't lose their jobs, but also, as you've said, done things like cutting taxes for certain parts of the economy. For instance, VAT went down to 5% for some parts of the economy. It's now come back up to 12 But yes, later in the year, it is indeed going to go back up to the 20% level that we'd expect. And of course, that will have an impact on, on people's pockets. And when does that come in? Well, the tax year changes at the start of April. So, And there are clearly quite a lot of things that are going on that are all timing to come at the start of April. When, I th- And I assume that's why this whole cost of living crisis is being raised now, because it's it's something that people can see on, on the horizon. And in terms of, you know, you mentioned that this is a global crisis. You know, we've, we've heard it all through the pandemic. We started to see shortages in lorry drivers, for example, which were definitely hitting every country. Are we in some ways more susceptible than others, though? Is it worse here than it is in, say, America? Well, I think there was. Infl- I think that inflation data I just gave you probably shows that that the inflation situation is is, is one that is raging everywhere. So, whether or not it's caused by a shortage of lorry drivers or a shortage of component chips from China, it seems to be that the pressure is is, is pretty much global. How much worse could this get? I mean, a worst case scenario is, is, is of course, that, the, that this inflation is indeed now becomes a permanent fixture of the economy and that wages just cannot keep up with inflationary pressure. And, and then you'll be in a situation where households are indeed worse off and where businesses are, are facing a reduction in demand from consumer spending power. Again, putting more pressure on their profit margins and making it very hard for them to invest and hire people. Are we all going to have to start watching inflation like a, a national pastime again. It sounds like it could be one that suddenly everybody's discussing indeed what is happening to the increase in prices. And it's going to be an interesting thing to watch as we as we go through the year. It's going to become pub talk again. Who knows? Could well be assuming everybody's back in the pubs. It's really, really difficult. And you're so right that, that we've been in an environment, we've been in a very placid economic environment. Ever since the last financial crisis, inflation has managed to stay low. Here's James Coney again, The Times money editor. Now we've had, so that means that we've got basically a generation of young people and a generation of recently retired people. And I particularly mention these two age groups because they are the, the most susceptible to these price rises. Younger people, because they tend to be on lower wages. And when you're on lower wages, very small fluctuations in how much you've got to spend and how much you need to pay for things can be really damaging to you. Older people, because they tend to have fixed incomes. If you think about being a pensioner, you've usually, you've you've done your saving, you've done your earning, that pot of money that you've got now, you need to last through retirement. And if if we have sharp inflation, 
the spending power of that money that you've got today is going to be worth significantly less in 10 years time. And that doesn't only just affect you in the amount of money that you've got to spend, but the very dangerous thing that people don't talk about enough is the way that it affects your decision making. Because Mm. the danger is that you try to stretch that pension pot by maybe trying to take a few more risks with investments, maybe being tempted by putting your money in places that you wouldn't normally put it. And that's very, very dangerous indeed, because a, a world of inflation is actually a world of risk for people. All going the other way and just not being able to do any of the things you'd hoped you'd do in retirement. That's exactly right. I mean, there are going to be people reassessing their lifestyles because if inflation does keep going for longer than a year, and I mean, this is a big discussion among economists, is this transitory? Is it going to bubble up now and then go away? Or is this something more sustained that we're going to have to cope with over the next two years? That could be very, very damaging. You are just going to feel much, much poorer. For some families, that's already happening. We'll hear from one in just a moment, and we'll ask what the government can do about the looming crisis. But first... I'm Henry Zeffman, Chief Political Correspondent of The Times. It's you, listeners and subscribers, who enable me to report on what's going on in the corridors of power in Whitehall and Westminster. Get to the heart of the stories that matter every day with The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We know there's a financial crunch looming. Come April, most households across the country will feel tax rises, energy price hikes, as well as general inflation, making their weekly shopping bill even higher. For some families, those factors are already unbearable. We've been hit with the energy prices without a doubt. We're on key meters, so that's definitely hit us. We met Emma at the start of this podcast. She's a mother of three from Kent, and we've agreed not to use her last name. But she's taking part in COVID Realities, a research programme funded by the Nuffield Trust to explore experiences of poverty during the pandemic. My husband works full-time. I'm trying to get back to work part-time, which is proving very difficult. I mean, we were on universal credit, but obviously with me going back to work, that's going to take a hit as well. So it just swings and roundabouts the whole time. And the universal credit uplift has, has is now sort of coming to an end as well. Well, that came to an end for us last November, the same month that our energy prices went up. What was that like? It was, it was horrendous. It was a double whammy in one month and then you got Christmas the following month. So you just don't have time to adjust. You're putting us in a bigger shortfall right on top of 
the most expensive time of year. It, the logic behind it, I just don't get. I mean, I knew it was coming, but even if they would have been, even if they did it gradually, so that we can prepare better. Yeah. Because if it's like anyone, you take something away from cold turkey, and it's going to be a struggle. And it's it is awful the feeling you get when you know you just can't make that food last, but you just got no choice as to where or you got no other option. It's the most horrendous thing, especially when they're too young to understand. And as anyone knows, when kids are bored, they're hungry. Yeah. So it is it is a difficult one, and it's not. I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but there's so many families, unfortunately, in this position. And we know that energy prices will probably go up again in April, you know, when the cap comes off. So everyone's facing even higher prices. Taxes are set to rise. Yeah. How do you prepare for that? How are you going to cope come April? I have no idea. I mean, I'm hoping that going back to work part-time will have some sort of financial impact, but it's going to be minimal, whatever way you look at it. I mean, to go back to work, I've had to work a month and a half before getting any form of pay. So I've had to fork out the childcare before I've even got my first pay. Yeah. So that's a hard transition in itself. And I don't know how we're going to, we're going to go, how we're going to cope moving forward. I don't know how we, we cope the past year. I really don't. I mean, just in terms of figures, the Resolution Foundation, who've done some work on this, they think most households will have to pay an extra £1,200 in bills next year. I mean, what would that mean for you? It doesn't even bear thinking about. I mean, right at this point in time, it's £1,000 in rent, an extra £200 in council tax. That's £1,200 before any other, anything else. Yeah. Just to have a roof over our heads. And on one person's wage, when they're not high up in in a really good job, it's difficult. Yes, the benefits do help. But at the same time, we can't get out of being a poor family, I suppose. <laughs> it's so hard. Because also, as soon as you have that one, that first month where you're in a shortfall, you get behind in bills. Yeah. It's then horrendous to try and work your way back up. You swim in as fast as you can, but you just can't keep your head above the water. I mean, how do you feel about the future? Looking ahead to the rest of this year? It's bleak. I don't... I can't bring myself to look towards the future. I really can't. I mean, I don't have good mental health since the pandemic started, if it hadn't been for my children, I could quite honestly say I wouldn't be here now. They're the ones that have kept me going. And at the end of the day, I can't look towards the future because I can't predict it. And I can't... I can't promise my family it's going to get better because I don't know that. I haven't got a magic wand that I can wave around and everything will be okay. So at the moment, it's a case of just getting us all to focus on the here and now and try and make that as good as possible. There isn't any other option. What sort of support from the government or, you know, from any other body, what what would help you? I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know. 
because it's a case of we're so far under now, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Six months ago, I would have said just keep the £20 uplift. We wasn't horrendous six months ago. We don't get me wrong, we wasn't well off by any stretch of the imagination. We were still in a deficit, but that doesn't even begin to describe what we're in now. I don't, I honestly don't know. It's, it's the difficult one. So what can be done to help families at the sharp end? Here's James Coney again, the Times Money Editor. People are going to need some help at some point with coping with their power bills because we can't have people, particularly more vulnerable households, turning off their heating in cold spells because they think they can't afford it. Now, that is the most desperate scenario that we could be faced with. But it's a very realistic prospect, which is why some in the government and also on the Labour benches are calling for VAT on fuel to be cut. So what we're saying is that something the government can do right now is to ease the burden a little bit and and scrap VAT on domestic fuel. Other people want the green levies, which form quite a large part of our energy bills at the moment, just to be taken out for the time being until we get to grips with this. So that's the first real thing. The second thing is just people cutting back on essentials because they can no longer afford the food and drink that they were buying before because the supermarket bill has become so great. I mean, petrol prices also are are rising very, very sharply. People will just not go out because they can't afford to make those car journeys that they were making before. The other thing is is that inflation is actually used as the figure for pricing lots of things like student loans, rail fares, mobile phone tariffs. If that climbs highly and we suddenly see those costs go up, then people will just start disconnecting. People change their habits very, very quickly when faced with uh, very real spending problems. The second issue is debt. We have a lot of available credit in our economy from people who have been issued with credit cards mainly, or um, and there are buy now, pay later loans that people use. And we can't have a situation where people are having long-term sustained debt just because they can't afford to live anymore. I mean, James, this is something you look at all the time. You cover money and personal finance. How bad is this, you know, sort of compared to what we've been through in the last few decades even? What is the level of crisis? Well, this isn't the the 1970s. Um, Older listeners will recall the 1970s as being a particularly bleak time with high inflation, high unemployment. I mean, those are very, very bleak times. We're not there. I mean, there is a lot more power for central banks at the moment to take control of these situations. So... It's easy. It's easy sitting in a nice warm office in London like I'm doing at the moment saying it's not going to be too bleak because actually for some households around the country, they are going to find things are going to get very tough quite quickly. The challenge for the government is going to make sure that those more isolated, more vulnerable groups get targeted help where it's needed. Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister has made political choices that has led us into this place. There will be a seismic hit on energy bills. Can't the Prime Minister see what's happening yet again? Working families are picking up the tab for his incompetence. Well, Mr Speaker, she talks talks about energy. I think the House will agree she's got a lot more energy in the current leader of the... uh, the, (laughs) 
of the opposition, and I, and I, I, I welcome her, uh, her point, because actually what the government is doing is supporting people throughout the, uh, the pandemic. Uh, so 2.2 million people supported with the Warm Homes uh, discount, Mr Speaker, worth £140 uh, per week, which we introduced. Uh, pensioners supported uh, with the £300 winter fuel payments, uh, Mr Speaker. Cold cold weather payments worth £25 a week for 4 million people up and down the country. That is, what we are, that is what we are doing. At the moment, there's a lot of talk about maybe giving extra benefits through what's called the, the winter fuel payment, which is a one-off payment that, that poorer households get every year. That, so m- perhaps targeted relief in certain places to help those most in need. I mean, the most dire situation will be longer queues at food banks, charities facing strain because they can't afford to deal with all the people that need extra support to help with power bills and fuel bills. Is there anything people should be doing now to prepare? I think the most sensible thing you can do is just to get yourself as ship shape as possible with your finances. If you've got a bit of debt, try to just pay that back. Just think cautiously about how you're spending because most of these price rises haven't really come through just yet. Just go through, be ruthless with your finances. Say, do I need this? Do I need to splash out on this? Can we just be sensible with our spending? That's always the first step you should should take. The second thing is just to get your savings in order. If you can now, just give yourself a little bit of a buffer. I mean, we always say that you should have three months of uh, income in a savings account ready to go just in case that rainy day does happen. And also just Take steps around the house. Just think about turning off some radiators in rooms that you don't use, maybe. Turn your radiator down just one degree can actually make just a huge difference to your annual energy costs. Putting it on timer so that it's only on when you get into the house also can save a fortune in energy costs. Doing simple things like putting a little block underneath your, you know, uh, one of those kind of sausage dog cushions by your door, making sure the windows are shut properly, shutting the curtains in the evening. These are all things that actually save us energy. I've got two young boys who are forever leaving lights on. Um, I I go around the house shouting. Not anymore. (laughs) I go around the house shouting 10p every time I turn off the light. It's a threat of a fine for anyone who leaves their lights on, bedroom lights on. Does it work? Uh, No, it doesn't now. I just get, Dad, shouted back at me. Um, But, you know, these are all little things you can do. The more nagging that you can do of your your loved ones to just create better habits, the better it is. I mean, stick a jumper on. These sound like practical things, but once you get into the better habit of it, it's going to help you if things do get tighter further down the line. And, you know, clutching at positives here, but in a way, all of that stuff is also very good for the environment and probably what we should be thinking about for the future. I mean, that's definitely the case. I mean, that's the funny thing about lots of money saving things. They do tend generally to be better for the environment. You know, things like cutting down on food waste helps your food bills great for the environment at the same time. And James, is there anything you would want to see the government do? Is there anything the government could do at this point to sort of step in and help to alleviate some of the pain that's coming? I think maybe it needs a review of the social care levy that's coming in because it's vital that we raise taxes for that. But things have changed since that was brought in. That was first mooted in the summer and brought in the winter budget. But things have changed. We've had the Omicron variant since then. We've had a slowdown in the economy. Perhaps March isn't the right time to bring that in. Maybe save it till the next tax year. 
I think targeted help on winter fuel payments is actually a very good idea because cutting VAT on fuel is going to help everybody, but it's going to help wealthier households as well as the poorer households that need it. And the only other thing that we can help is that this is just not a sustained period of inflation. And that actually, as economies open up, as they get on top of the Omicron variant, that actually some of these supply chain issues will weed their way out of the system and this inflation won't last forever. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, Emma, who's taking part in COVID Realities, a research programme funded by the Nuffield Foundation. And you also heard from my colleagues, James Coney, Money Editor, and Jill Trinor, City Editor at The Sunday Times. You can read more of Jill and James's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription or in print. The producers today were Brenna Daldorf and Taryn Siegel. The executive producer is Kate Ford and sound design was by Tom Birchall. If there's a story you'd like us to look into, any ideas for future episodes, or if you have any thoughts on what you've just heard, then do drop us a line to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. And if you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoy the podcast, please do leave us a review. It'll help others to find it. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. <laughs>